August 20th, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change, joined as always on Tuesdays by Dwayne Long. This is going to be a very special show. Dwayne and I do this every year. It's our wacky prediction show. We predict four or five things that everyone wants to hear about, and then we each jump in with our own. Dwayne, how goes it? Oh, man. <laughs> Summer's almost over, man. It's so hot. I'm looking forward, you know, the, the one thing, you know, you, you start seeing cooler weather and it's football season. We get to see football this Saturday, Dan. Miami, Florida kick off the year. Oh, yeah, looking forward to Saturday. I am one of those people that lives for the weekend. Some people think that's sad when it's football season. That's just the way it is. I cannot wait. This should be fun. We always do this. When you look back, most of our predictions go wrong, but it's fun. Everyone likes to do something like this. So we're going to ask four questions that both of us are going to answer, and then we're going to move on to each of us making three predictions from off the board. First question, the four playoff teams, Dwayne, this year will be blank, and the Heisman Trophy winner will be blank. I'm going to say, you know, we've almost locked ourselves into a pattern, Dan, and, and I don't know if how soon that, uh, you know, maybe they need to shake something up in the playoffs or, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just going to say Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, and Oklahoma. I, I just don't know how we're going to break out of that pattern of those schools, you know, that are winning those conference titles. That's just the way it is. Uh, you know, it's kind of static. You're going to get three every year, you know, that are going to be out of the, I think you're going to see always out of the SEC, the Big Ten, and the ACC. That's just the way it is. And and uh, uh, the Big 12 team, if it's, if it's uh, any good, it's going to be the fourth. It's just the way it is. Notre Dame broke it up last year and, and uh, I just think that that's the way we're going to see it in the in the future until they expand the playoffs. It's a good time to remember that Dwayne and I do not share our answers before we do this because for the first question, I have the same answer. I battled with the fourth spot that I gave to Oklahoma. I wanted to put someone else in there. I just, as I look at the rankings that have come out, and trying to see a team in the top 15, I think, could make a move. I just don't see it. Um, obviously, things could change. Okay, my Heisman Trophy winner, and you can go after me. I'm going off the board here. I'm going DeAndre Swift, running back at Georgia. I think he's the best running back in the country. Not many people have been talking about him. I think this is the year a running back gets back in the mix and gets the Heisman Trophy. Wayne, your Heisman Trophy winner is? Uh, Tua off from Alabama. They, yeah, I think they want to give it to him. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence, though, could really – the kid is just I, – I think we're looking at a generational quarterback with him. Uh, so he could uh, slip in there. Uh, that Those are the two guys at the top of my list, and I think they'll give it to Tagley of all. If, now, here's the thing. Um, it depends on – the end of the season is going to say a lot. Uh, I think the Heisman should be after 
the the playoffs these days, but that just does not seem to be in the cards. Um, <clears throat> you know, whichever one is is leading their team to a championship, if uh, you know, in a in a sane world where the Heisman was picked after completely after everything, uh, it could be Lawrence. I well, we'll see, but I'm going with Tagovailoa. The first five Ohio State Buckeyes to be picked in order in the 2020 NFL Draft will be? I've seen several mock drafts with Chase Young going number one overall. Uh, I could absolutely see that happening. It is so important in the way the game is played these days. You've got to have a, a major impact on the passing game, whether it's a quarterback or whether it's a pass rusher or a cornerback. These guys are they're just going to go at the top of their or and let me add wide receiver to that. But Chase Young, I believe is uh could go number 1 overall. Definitely off the board in the top top 5 picks. <clears throat> the number 2, Jeffrey Okuda, if you want to see what a cornerback how a cornerback should play cornerback, why guys go at the top of the draft. Go back and watch the Rose Bowl. Okuda was the best player on the field. He was outstanding. He's big, and he's a natural cornerback, Dan. He's not a guy who's going to get moved to safety like Malcolm Jenkins did uh, after Ohio State. He's a natural-born cornerback. He's going to go, I'd say, top, could go top 10, maybe top 15. He builds off that, that uh, Rose Bowl. He's just looking great. I think Thayer Mumford leaves us. I think Thayer Mumford is just one of those guys that you just, you, you know, we always talk about an offensive lineman. If you're not talking about him, he's playing well. Mumford it was just really outstanding last year. Love that this kid had, he was beat up. He didn't come out. It wasn't until he was really just he cannot physically play football that he came out. Uh, I just love Thayer Mumford. I think he's a early entry guy. Uh, Jordan Fuller would be my fourth guy off the board. Uh, and number five would be K.J. Hill. I think K.J. Hill is a 10-year NFL player. Uh, how high he goes is going to depend on what he does at the Combine and in this pro day, if he puts up some really serious numbers, he's at least six feet tall. He runs under four or five. His stock, he could, the kid catches everything. He runs great routes. And after the catch, he's going north. Bang, get up the field, get everything you can. I'm a big K.J. Hill fan, and uh, I could see him going in the second round if he, if he really uh, hits the marks at the combine with the numbers they're looking for. Okay, mine is not too different. I will say this. I have Chase Young in front of Jeffrey Okuda, but I do think there is a scenario where if Okuda has a tremendous year and the draft works out a certain way, I could see Okuda going before Young, both of them in the top five. Very cool that they were, uh, go back and look at their recruiting rankings, they were top six or seven players, and then to have them come through and go in similar spots in the draft is fantastic for recruiting. My number three is different. Number three, I have Sean Wade, redshirt sophomore. 
I have a feeling by the end of this year, Wade may not be looked at on the same level as Akuda, but he maybe should be. His versatility, his size, everything about him, he fits beautifully. He's a taller, longer guy you can cover in the slot and on the outside. So I think his versatility and talent will have him be highly regarded. Once again, he's only a redshirt sophomore, so he's got a big decision. Then I have Thayer Mumford. I would not be shocked to see Mumford sneak into the back end of the first round. That would give Ohio State four first-rounders. All you said about Mumford is it's very interesting that uh, of all the guys on the team in terms of his recruitment, we didn't make such a big deal out of it because he just wasn't who he is today in high school, and he's turned out to be a fantastic player. I struggled with the fifth one. It was K.J. Hill or Jordan Fuller. I went with K.J. Hill. I just think he's going to be such a valuable player of the team this year. He does not fit out the prototype for the NFL. He's a little bit small, and I'm not sure how fast he's going to run, but I do think he's the kind of player almost like uh, he kind of reminds me a little bit of a faster Bobby Ingram. He used to play for Penn State, just a reliable catch-anything guy that's going to, like you said, be a standard uh, option in the NFL for years, and I do think it's the kind of thing where someone's going to fall in love with him and probably pick him in the second round. Okay, question number three. Ohio State will play its last game of the season against blank in the blank. I'm going with Ohio State will play against the, the last game of the season will be for the national championship against Clemson. I believe that. I believe in this roster, Dan, and I believe in Ryan Day. I am a, I am, I absolutely love the hire. I think we got a, a, one of the prodigies that's out there. I mean, this guy turned down an SEC head coaching job. Come on, man, you don't do that. He did. He turned it down. That's that's the kind of guy that that you, you just don't do that. <laughs> But Ryan Day can't. You know, we, we've thought of, of Tom Herman as a prodigy, and, and he is. We don't like him right now. Uh, definitely way too involved in us uh, losing our coach for three games last year. But he is a football prodigy. We've got Lincoln Riley is, and I believe Ryan Day is. He's got the personnel. I absolutely believe in this. I believe that this team will go undefeated and will play for the national championship. Once again, we do not do this ahead of time. I have the exact same thing. Ohio State will play its last game of the season against Clemson in the college football championship national championship game in New Orleans, January 13th, 2020. So book your flights to get your hotel rooms. All right. This Ohio State staffer is most likely to move on after this season. I don't believe any of them are yet ready. The the one thing that I do wonder about is Madison seems to be just destined to retire. When it's going to happen, I don't know. I think maybe coming in there and helping us right this ship, and, you know, he was asking out of duties at Michigan. Now, maybe that was because he was frustrated at what was going on up there. Let's Let's just be honest about it. Uh, Harbaugh's a weird dude, and maybe Madison just wanted to, you know, fade into the sunset and get away from him. I don't know. I just got a feeling that he's the only one. You're sick. Yeah, I, I believe that he is. He is uh, uh, could pop up in that prodigy category. 
but not yet. It's not time. Um, the other one that I worry about, there just seems to be this thing that keeps popping back up that there is some concern about Alfred, Alf, Alfred after this mess that we thought we had uh, these great running backs all lined up and just at the last minute we lost them. Well, what happened there? Because by that time, you know, every coach has both an area in state and an area in the country where they recruit. That's where they start. But at some point, these elite guys, they're going to be talking to their their position coach a lot. And I don't know what happened that he got beat. Don't know. I don't know if it's his fault. You know, I don't know. I keep just hearing things, and it won't go away. But uh, I think he's going to be retained. I the one guy I think could be out of here. I could, if Madison retires, it's not going to surprise me. That's that's as far as I go with the coaching changes this year. You're, he's just not been been in charge enough. His name is not out there enough. Uh, I think it's going to be a couple of years before he goes anywhere. Um, Al Washington's not going anywhere. Uh, Heartline. Let's talk about Heartline. Heartline doesn't seem to be interested in going anywhere. I think Heartline's got his, his mindset, his heart set on being the offensive coordinator here and maybe eventually the head coach. So uh, I'm just not worried about a big staff uh, shakeup yet. There's going to be too many good guys. This is the best staff we've had assembled since uh, I don't know when. But then people are going to pick them off. That's just the way it is. Yeah, you didn't mention my guy. I would also agree that normally there's a couple more obvious candidates to boogie and has been that way under Herb the whole time. But I could see if the defense has a tremendous season, Jeff Halfley getting some serious interest from the NFL. He's got a pedigree there. I don't know if it's a defensive coordinator job or even a head coaching job for a young wonder kind type. Uh, there were years ago that I did not think they would do that. Now people are taking chances on youngsters. Just look at uh, Cincinnati, for example. So we shall see. But I would agree with you in that it's not the year and years past where there was somebody you could pick out that was clearly being groomed for the next big opening. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Okay, Dwayne, here we go. Three predictions that we've come up with. You started off, off the board. Dwayne's first prediction. Okay, first I want to say that you have to understand, Dan and I do not discuss any of this before the show. The only thing we do is get get our topics in line. We do not. So I don't know what's going to happen here. No, Uh, correct. These three, right, hold on a sec. These three coming up. He has not heard. I have not heard about other, each other's predictions. The first four, we chose the topic. So here's where we get wacky. Dwayne, go ahead. Uh, my first one is I believe Justin Fields is going to be so good that a big 
off-season topic after this season is, is he going to threaten the records that we saw Haskins set last year? I believe he's going to be that good that we're going to say, okay, now, yeah, he's he's ready. He's going to he's going to threaten those uh, yardage records, those uh, touchdown pass records. It is interesting that nationally there really isn't a ton of buzz for him coming in here and kicking ass. It's kind of surprising. I'm not sure why that is. Uh, it looks like I mean people had higher expectations for the Tater down in Miami. We all saw how that worked out. So. I don't understand that. I think the national buzz on Fields is going to change quickly after they see him with the keys to uh, the Buckeyes. My first prediction will be this. If Ohio State loses a regular season game, it will be to Nebraska, September 28th in Lincoln, only because it's their first real road test. Yes, they go to Indiana in week three, but that's a short bus trip against an overmatched team. I'm not saying Nebraska's back or Scott Frost is the second coming of Tom Osborne, but that's going to be their Super Bowl. It's early enough in the year that both teams will be more at full strength, and it will be Justin Fields' first big-time road test. Now, I do not think they will lose the game. I would not bet on it. What I'm saying is if Ohio State loses a regular season game, I think it will be to Nebraska. Unfortunately, I've been able to predict this the last few years. I had the Purdue one. I think the popular one this year is at Northwestern on a Friday night. A lot of the same characteristics as the Purdue game last year, but Steve Wolfong has assured me that will not happen. Next prediction for you, Dwayne. Well, first I have to say that I am just absolutely, I just cannot believe that what you just said I would have said exact same things if that was one of my predictions because I believe for the same reasons here, it's the first big road test. It is a huge game for Nebraska, knocking off Ohio State and Scott Frost this early in his career. Oh, my Lord, that would be huge for them. You know that is a game that they've got that they've got in ink. They, it's, they are going to be gunning for us. I believe he's a high-quality coach. And as you said, it is the first big road test with, uh, you know, everything. We're we're new here. I absolutely believe in day. I believe in fields. But that's going to be a big challenge. And if we lose a game, it's that one. And I have heard the Northwestern thing, too. Uh, My second big prediction, just this crazy prediction, I do not think – that uh, Dobbins will lead the Buckeyes in rushing. I think it will be another one of the backs. you got to look back last year on, on I believe it's 66 more carries. He had less than 100 yards more rushing than uh, than um, Michael, um, why can't I remember that kid? Mike Weber. Yeah. Dallas he Cowboys had running back, Mike Weber. He had less than 100 uh, yards rushing more than than uh, Weber did. Uh, I just got a feeling we're going to see more running back by committee, and I think someone else is going to lead the Buckeyes in rushing uh, this year. I, I don't. We don't know what's going on with Tate's injury. Uh, he was running number two. I love what I've seen out of him so far. Uh, I just got a feeling Crowley is the most talented back 
in the stable. And uh, if Teak doesn't get back soon, well, uh, Crowley's really going to make an impact. I do not think Dobbins is going to be our leading rusher. Yeah, that, that prediction made me mouth out the word, wow. That's a good one. Okay, here's mine. The player that has not been talked about enough that will be a major star for Ohio State is Jalen Gill. I believe he is going to take on that Paris Campbell role. He's go- that jet sweep is a devastating play for a team like Ohio State. Uh, I think we've. I think Paris Campbell's and kind of tandem here is also the player that we've kind of taken for granted the most. We just always assume we could hand it to a guy who could outrun everybody on the field. He has rare speed. Uh, I think Paris has also shown now that he's with the Colts that he was more of a receiving threat. So. I think we're going to miss Paris Campbell, but I do think Jalen Gill, an able-bodied replacement who will be a star, I could see him making a, a big early impact, several touchdowns against Florida Atlantic. All right, Dwayne, your final prediction off the board is? I believe Jean-Baptiste will take the starting job on the opposite end of uh, Chase Young. I just I loved what I saw out of him in the spring game. I'm just not convinced John Cooper is the best option out there. We saw uh, last year we saw Tariq, Tariq Smith uh, actually outplay him. I don't know. Smith may be going into a tackle on us. John Batiste is just he's so much bigger now. He's big enough that he can hold the point. Uh, I believe that he will be starting in by season's end. I just, you know, what would keep, um, I wouldn't make that prediction with Urban Meyer still running the show. He's not going to sit a senior like that. He just wouldn't. Ryan Day is, you know, how much time has he even spent with these defense players? He didn't recruit them like Urban Meyer did, get to know them. And he's just now getting to where, as a head coach, he's getting around to everybody. But he's going to come in here. He knows he's got to win. He cannot, he cannot come in here and be making decisions with the heart over the head like Urban Meyer. Let's be honest. He had started to do that more and more. We were seeing guys, you know, I know people are going to mention Barron. I'm not. That's didn't have anything to do with that. I know we love Barrett, called him a member of his family, but we just saw him make decisions for more veteran players. And I I don't think it was in the best interest of the team. That was heart overhead. And I don't think we're going to see that with Ryan Day. This is an NFL guy. He's He made his bones in the NFL. You don't make decisions like that in the NFL. And he's coming in here. Uh, he's got to go out, and he's got to win football games. I believe that move will be made. You can tell, Dwayne, I think it's going to be a glorious year for the Buckeyes, and we're both totally sold on Ryan Day. My prediction is Mark D'Antonio leaves Michigan State. He retires, and the next head coach at Michigan State is Ohio State graduate Luke Fickle. He was a D'Antonio disciple. He's done a great job at Cincinnati. 
Cincinnati is one of those jobs where you get called up to coach at uh, Tennessee or Notre Dame or wherever afterwards. I just think it, or Michigan State. I just think it's the it's the perfect fit. Um, and the Ohio recruiting ties. Thick has taken a bunch of guys that would normally have gone to Michigan State anyway. So that's been that's my prediction there. I will say this also though. I believe the storyline that's going to hang over college football all season is going to be who is going to replace dead man walking Clay Helton at USC. And I would not be surprised to see USC do something really, really drastic. I think a lot of people are going to talk about Urban. I would not be surprised at whoever goes to USC. It's just wacky to even say out loud, but I was they should literally just got a blank check and go to Tuscaloosa and get the last five years of Saban's career. I know they won't do that, but I think something wacky like that's going to happen. I actually hope it's not the air, but we shall see. All well, right. I got to say, I got to, I got to, Go I got to, I got to tell you here. Uh, that, that last prediction was a wow. Uh, I, I mean, that, that I'm not saying that I think it's crazy that it couldn't happen, but wow. That, uh, that Luke Fickle was going to be the next, that, that, uh, <laughs> he's going to be the next head coach in Michigan State. I don't know if you can hear it, but that made my dog bark. Uh, that's a wow. Uh, Helton is gone, but he's gone. I don't think Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer keeps adding to the things that are going to keep him in Columbus. So I, I don't even worry about that. I, I absolutely believe Urban Meyer, all this talk about Drake, I can't stand Drake. He doesn't belong here. But Urban Meyer retired because of the system of brain. The guy took a knee on the football field. Your general does not take a knee. So I don't believe he's coming back to coaching. Helton is gone. I That the they may reach down to Tuscaloosa, whoa. You want to talk about turning the college football world on its head? My goodness gracious, yeah. I just tried to go off the board there with the wackiest thing I could. We hope you enjoyed that show. It's always a lot of fun to do. Best part about it is we never look back to see if we are right or wrong. Have a good one, Bucknutters. <laughs>